ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome to it, Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. I'm Sam Roberts. This is my wrestling podcast. So much to talk about this week. It is such a good time to be a wrestling fan. Of course it is. The road to WrestleMania is finally here, and it's time to uh, clean up the mess. That is the becoming the grand tradition of the WWE. As WrestleMania approaches, let's clean up the mess, and let's make it good again. It really is amazing. Third year in a row, and this may be the biggest one yet. It is really happening, and I don't think any of us saw how it was going to go. Uh, I wanted to match the amazingness of what WWE is doing with an amazing, amazing podcast. So, Katie Linendahl is going to join me for State of Wrestling. We're going to talk about uh, everything that happened with Fastlane. It's like the, the theater, happy face, sad face photo. Sad face is Fastlane, happy face is Raw. It, it is night and day what happened this week in wrestling. And we'll get into that uh, uh uh, on the podcast this week. But the reason it's so amazing is because not only do we have that much to talk about, but my guest this week is the Texas Rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I got a chance to talk to him uh, not too long ago. It was before the Shane McMahon and the Fastlane stuff, but it was after the Royal Rumble. Um, and, you know, we talked about his new show. Uh, I talked to him about AJ Styles, and I really love talking to him about his insight on what he thought of the Royal Rumble this year. Let's start with that. Let's start with Stone Cold Steve Austin here on the podcast. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. You know, last time I talked to Stone Cold Steve Austin, we were at 316 Gimmick Street, and I've turned the tables. I've got Steve Austin in my house now. Steve, welcome back. Thank you. Are you going to say, what's the hap? Of course I'm going to say, what's the the ice. Of course I'm going to say it. Okay, say it. First question. What's the haps? Oh, thanks for asking. I'm all listening up, ready to go. Oh, Sam just had air cruising around New York City. The weather's kind of bad today. Uh, a little bit rainy outside. We did the Today Show. We were going to go outside and do some challenges. We kind of had to stay in the studio, so put a little bit of a damper on that. But just making the rounds, talking about Broken Skull Challenge. And also, uh, by the same token, talking about Redneck Island, another show that just kicked off on CMT. Having a blast uh, hosting both both of those shows. What's the difference between the two shows? Because Big people, Because I, I, I go like, yeah, he's talking about Broken Skull Ranch, and they go, what happened to Redneck Island? I go, there's Redneck Island too. Right. Well, Broken Skull Challenges, those are elite athletes. Those are badasses. I've got national champion amateur wrestlers, Spartan racers, uh, Tough Mudders, uh, some of the best obstacle course racers in the world, these uh, CrossFit pro-grid athletes. I mean, this is what they do. Right. They have regular jobs, but, I mean, they train so much, they might as well be pro athletes. So this is season three, and based on the last few seasons, man, they started studying some of the things that I've thrown at them. Now, we changed a lot of the challenges now, but they're coming down to do ha- uh, you know, head-to-head battles. So they're watching the previous seasons. Yes. Figuring out how to get right. ahead and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, my returning champion right now is a guy named N. He studied the Skullbuster, studied t- uh, Tommy's time, and trained uh, at intervals so that he knew where he had to be 
almost to a scientific fashion to beat the course, and he succeeded. And then on Redneck Island, man, I got 24 people from the south. Uh, they're just great kids. They booze it up. The competitions, the challenges this year are a lot harder than they were in seasons past. Yeah. Kind of shocked them in the beginning. They didn't know what they were getting into. Right. So, you know, they, these days uh, they're not showing up with as many hangovers because the competition is a lot stiffer than it was. Did you ever watch that show Pressure Luck? No, you know, like yeah, whammy, yeah, whammy, yeah, whammy yeah. stuff. I don't know if you ever, because when you were talking about people figuring out uh, uh, redneck, no, uh, broken skull challenge, it reminded me of this clip of because uh, you having to stay one step ahead of them. There's this clip of this guy who figured out how the puzzle worked right. when it went around the board, and he stayed there for hours, just like stop, 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 and they, they owed him like six figures by the yeah. time he had to go yeah. home. But so we throw enough changes out there, uh, man. There's uh, some different water-based challenges, and we've I think we've done gone through two of those. They're they're totally epic, and then we changed up a few of the other challenges. So right when they think they have all of the pieces figured out, they don't have all of them because we keep changing things. Around. Right, right. That's like a Roddy Piper quote. Makes it fresh. When just when you've figured out all the answers, I change the questions. See, so yeah, something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you? How great is it for you after everything you've been through? to assign other people to do these physical tasks. Oh, man. You know, like, let's take a broken skull challenge. We shoot that uh, show 50 miles out of L.A. So I have this badass 45-foot camper with four slides on it, and it's world-class. I've got a gym out there, and now I have a 40-foot cargo container out there where I've got my Kawasaki mule, I've got my gym. So I stay out there on location, and I'm on a 180-acre movie ranch with access to a couple thousand acres mm-hmm. to ride around on, and it doesn't, you know, you don't want to drive back and forth through traffic, so I just go home on the weekends, pack all my meals. So, dude, when I do that job, it's a tough job because you're on a mountain filming in the desert. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there'll be frost on the ground in the morning, cold as hell, but then two hours later, it's 100 degrees. It's like working on a sandblaster, <laughs> but it's like being on a paid vacation, right. hanging out with these, you know, you know national caliber athletes and then on redneck island i'm on a house on the lake with a kawasaki jet ski i've got you know lake hartwell to ride around on i do my my work i go do my thing i still got to do my two podcasts right so it's not like it's all fun and games yeah i get a chance to be in the outdoors which is what i love but cranking out two podcasts along with a full shoot schedule sometimes is a pain in the ass yeah because when i look at what you're doing now it seems you more than any other guy that's come out of the wrestling business is just doing the things that he wants to do but you've also signed yourself up for so much of what you want to do that now you're owed two series, two podcasts a week. Like, I think you're a lot busier than people realize. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. And it's funny because I always reserve November, December, and part of January to go down to the ranch, the real Broken Skull Ranch in South Texas, and, and hunt. And so I've got to, you know, manage my deer herd down there. But during the process of that, it rained so much, me and my buddy Ted swap off on a tractor. This is a big-ass tractor with a 15-foot mower on it. It's mm-hmm. air-conditioned, but... For two-thirds of the deer season, we mowed every single day, fixed all the fences, went hunting, worked out, did two podcasts. So, hell, I worked harder in South Texas on my vacation <laughs> yeah. than I do on my real job. So is that a legit thing? Did you go to WWE and they're like, we want you to do a podcast every month? You're like, that's cool, but I'm out here for three months, so you're going to have to fly people to me. It was real cool of them to do that because they didn't have to. Uh, but they know, and my agents know, once I get at the ranch, I'm not going anywhere. Right. So they flew Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair down, and it was cool enough to change up the atmosphere a little bit. 
and uh, I think I've got a podcast coming up uh, with those guys very soon on the 15th in Anaheim, so that'll be an easy gig. Right. But, do you like do it, Do you like better taping them at the ranch or doing them live in an I like arena? taping them better at the ranch because, yeah. man, you're out there at my place and we're right. just kicking it. And it's a little bit uh, much more relaxed uh, vibe. And and it's like they're coming in, they're doing your show, they're coming into your house. You don't have, because there is this thing when you're doing an interview with somebody in somebody else's house, like you're going to WWE's place to interview right. a WWE guy, so there's just this kind of vibe where all of a sudden you're a guest on your own show. And you know how it was at my house when you came by 316 Gimmick Street. Yeah. Dude, we just sat across from a, a table from each other with two microphones and just shot the breeze. Right. And it was a very chill thing. All of a sudden, when you put the fact that this is, uh, you know, that was a three-camera shoot, whatever they got, and they'll have a little TV screen in the background. They'll show a little footage here and there. Hey, man, you know, to me, a podcast is an audio experience. When you, when you make it into a video experience, I mean, you know, it's not like I'm Johnny Carson or Jay Leno or anything like that. I'm just here talking to this dude. Right. So they're, 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 they're really two different things. All of a sudden, you're accountable for the visual. Well, I mean, you you got to throw in a little bit of, of uh, if not, dare I say, a performance aspect of yeah, it. Sure, sure, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Sure, and they're looking at your facials, and they're looking at everything yeah. to make sure that, like, oh, what's he really saying? And you're yeah. like, I, I thought I was just but talking. But, you know, like when we were talking, I mean, you, when you get animated and you're talking, I mean, it almost is a performance, but it's just audio. Right, 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 and you don't have to think about that part exactly. of it. Exactly. And the fact that there's also a thing, I think, especially for, like, you, who's only done podcasting, not, like, live radio, where you're sitting there, not that you'll ever edit, but just in case you know it's there. Dude, man, my girl, Stacy trim so much garbage out of my show you know i'll stop stutter <laughs> hey stacy take that back or whatever and you know you're able to get away with that i'm not a broadcasting professional uh-huh. hell i'm an ex-wrestler as a podcast and i keep it you know very gorilla style and I'll, I'll, i never want to be oh you always want to get better at something but i'm not trying to be uh what npr radio or whatever right it is. right so. right and i mean and there's something nice about knowing you're doing it your style in your house like this is it, well, it's and there's your, no format. I do exactly. whatever the hell I want. Exactly. Yeah, no one tells me what to do. When you when you go do one of their podcasts, there's a little bit of agenda there. Right. So which right. takes a little bit of my creative freedom away from me. And that they got when when they're throwing up the photos and everything like that. Does that mean like you're going over topics in advance, or is there somebody on the Google image like? Yeah, a little bit of that goes in there. Whereas you know you've been to my house, I fly by the seat of my pants. Right. And right. so and I, I will do my homework too. Of course. And, but still, when you have uh, a little bit of micromanagement going on, it discombobulates a human being. But that's why I like doing it at your house, because I can come at you with what's the haps. And as we're talking, you're just sitting there thinking, and you go, I'm coming up with my own catchphrase. And then you throw what the fuck at me, <laughs> and it works. It does. But I don't know if you could do that on the, on the network. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have anybody – I mean, do you even think when you're doing podcasting now, you've been doing it for a few years, are there people that you're like – Man, I'd like to get him on the podcast, or is it just kind of a casual? I get man. my buddies when I see him. Yeah, it's it's really casual, man. I, I was uh, I didn't see the Revenant yet, but I'd be like, man, it'd be neat oh, to talk dude. to Leo DiCaprio about that because here's here's a guy who's like a premier actor, didn't have to put himself in such a harsh role, but he did. Yeah, and he totally kicked ass in it. So he'd be a neat guy to talk to. But man, for and, and here's the reason it's called the Steve Austin Show. Well, just like a Sam Roberts show, right? Right. I mean, I. I don't have to interview anybody if I don't want to. I could read poems on my podcast if I wanted to because I'm my own boss. Right. Now, I'm I'm not going to do that, but I can make up any kind of thing. Whatever I do, I just want to be able to take someone for an hour to hour and a half ride to make them forget about a few problems or give them some information about some things. Like for today, uh, yesterday's podcast was uh, someone sent me in a email and it was about, hey, this was this one of the loudest pops you ever got? And it was from 99 when, when Rock wrestled Mankind 
and Mankind won that world heavyweight title that night. I made a run in. DX was around the ring. Corporation was around the ring. Right. And those guys built that match up. And the, the guy just sent me a clip of that match. I don't live in the past. But I, I watched the pop. He gave me the time code at 10 minutes and 50 seconds. I said, okay, that was cool. That was a badass pop. Everybody jumped out of their seat. But I said, well, let me watch the match and see what it's all about. Uh-huh. Man, those two guys crushed it. So yeah. I had a podcast yesterday where I broke down that match, and I'd hit the pause button. I'd say, okay, I'm paused at 2 minutes and 8 seconds. Here's what's going on with The Rock, or, and here's what's going on through Mick Foley. Watch what Mick Foley's doing here with position. He was he was getting the hell beat out of him, and he was opened up for Rock. And then he was staggered on you know kind of on the mat, and then he came to a vertical base for Rock, giving that last shot to knock him down. Yeah. It was just, I broke that match down. And that's great. And it's audio. You can drive to work, but you can damn near visualize what I'm saying. Right. And then when you do get home, you sync them up and listen to it, and you get the 411 on what's happening. That's exactly what I would do. I mean, I think I told you, you had uh, Johnny Mundo, John Morrison on yeah. your podcast, and you just sitting there kind of breaking down for him what you thought of his match with Prince Puma yeah. on Lucha Underground. I was like, that's exactly it, just listening to how your brain works yeah. as you watch the match, and it's it's nice to know that's there. You know, uh, you were talking about like uh, stuff from that era, and right before the Rumble this year, the day before, I turned on, because everybody talks about the 92 Rumble, I turned on the 99 Rumble for the first time in, I don't know, probably 15 years to watch it, and there is more storytelling going on in that 99 Rumble from every different angle that you can come from than I've ever seen in my life. I couldn't believe it. Everybody, like, you know, from, from you and Vince having this thing going on over here, the matches over here, Undertaker's doing this over here, Kane's got straight jackets chasing him right. over there. And I'm like, there is nothing like this going on. Everybody's got a reason to be there. There's four different stories being told. It's like you could never watch wrestling a day in your life and you're getting sucked in right. by this thing. Who ended up, was that the one Vince won? Vince won it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, great. yeah. And that's the thing, because yeah. you're like, okay, it's predictable, Austin yeah. wins, and then Vince <laughs> is sitting there. Great. <laughs> hey, but speaking of wrestling, uh, and yes, there, there were those, and here's the thing that people don't really understand about a Royal Rumble or any battle role uh, in general. They're hard matches to work. Right. And so, man, you've got the squared circle, and all of a sudden, you know, guys just start buying time, and it's the old, I'm going to grab you, and I'm going to try to get you over the top rope, but I just can't get you. And then here comes another guy because he's got his thumb up his ass, so he needs to go join in. And the two guys can't get the one guy over the rope, and then finally they do, but he lands on an apron and rolls back in. It's just time-killing stuff that's been done to me in time. So they're very hard matches to work to be able to find a creative way uh, to get all your stuff in. And so many people... This year, the Royal Rumble, what did you think? I liked. I thought the Royal Rumble was better this year than I've seen it in a really long time. Okay, but my point is, it was okay, but enough of the, most of the guys that ran in didn't go in there, and obviously we can use a little bit of language on this show, yeah, absolutely. and get their shit in. Hey, right. man, get on fire, go around, make the rounds, knock a dog you know, shit out of some people. That's a great point. It didn't build right. anybody. Nobody came out Nobody looking Nobody came out and got their shit in and right. got over. You're right. You watch the guy come out there like a house of fire and just start going crazy, and boom, you can make yourself in a Royal Rumble if you're smart enough to do it. And it's been done before. Yeah. Many because times. Because you can get tossed out. You don't have to win it to get over. Huh. Hey, but speaking about wrestling, uh, Lucha Underground. Uh, season premiere just this past weekend. Yeah. I know you're a big wrestling guy. Yeah. Were you able to catch uh, the premiere of Lucha Underground? I can only watch clips because I don't have it on my cable. Oh, man. It's, it's off to a real good start. Yeah. you yeah. got to check it out. I, I just like... think it's, it's a great alternative because the way they present what they do, yeah. you know it's a television show. Yeah. So you buy in. Yeah. You know, and it, it's... it's the... I was saying that actually last week. It's like the first time I've seen them able to pull off because you, you see them try to get wrestling into a movie or into a TV show and it... 
either takes it too seriously or it right. insults the fans or it does some, right. it doesn't work. It's the first time I've ever seen it work where it is a TV show and it's different, but it's still like for wrestling fans. I think you can uh, find uh, – they, they did a clip of Vampiro. He was like coming out of an insane asylum. He's going to have these – uh, you know these pills that he was going to have to take, and right. you know he's in this maximum security prison, and they finally release him. And then uh, who was it? Matt Striker picks him up out in the desert in this badass Cadillac. And uh-huh. I'm thinking, I'm watching this about a five or seven minute vignette, and Vampiro does a great in Hodgkinson does a great job in his in his acting role. I'm thinking, shit. Vampiro just got him a badass action series. <laughs> and yeah. then it goes, and, and you know, he's still announced he's doing color commentating. But I mean, it was so well done. I was like, Goddamn, somebody's already got him a show. Right, right. It was awesome. And, and now it just goes to everything's all about doing business there at the temple. They brought in another gal, I forget her name, uh, along with Dario Cueto, whatever his name is. But it, it's just a, it's, a, it's an interesting product because of the presentation of it allows you just to totally buy in because it is what it is. Before I let you go, because yeah. you got a, you got another thing going on, what do you think of, uh, of it, what AJ Styles has done? Man, I uh, saw him. Uh, he, he got on fire. Who did he beat the shit out of? Uh, uh, on on the Miz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he got to explode on Miz. I thought in his match with Jericho, he needed to shine more in that match, and he needed more fire. Uh-huh. And so that's what I wanted to see out of him. And uh, I, I've seen some of AJ's work in Japan. The guy's badass. So I think he's a little nervous or trepidatious going into the Federation. All of a sudden, man, you got these guys. It's got to land to the Giants. you got a lot of big dudes there again in that territory. But do you think for someone like that, the only way to survive is to come in being like, I'm AJ Styles, I'm a star, I need to go out there and be... A star immediately. Yeah, but I just think uh, I don't know if he need to shave or he need to do something. But man, he's got to get his stuff in. He's mm-hmm. got to get his shit in inside the ring. But he's got to have more fire because he's not the biggest guy in the world. He does some dynamic stuff. He's he's a great hand. So I would love to see that guy make a major run in in the territory. But he's got to have more fire. He's got to do more AJ style shit. Excellent. Well, I'm gonna let you go back to your day. Uh, everybody needs to watch Broken Skull Challenge. That's what's coming back. It's about as tough as cool to show on TV, Sam Roberts, and that's the bottom line. Well, I mean, goddamn, if Stone Cold Steve Austin is the one promoting it, if yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin is the one hosting yeah. it, I don't see why anybody wouldn't be watching it, am I yeah. right? And since I'm about to ride off in the sunset, can yeah. I just plug Redneck Island? Thursday, plug it, Thursdays, Redneck Island. 10, 9 Central on CMT, bunch of damn rowdy-ass rednecks drinking beer, moonshine, and I'm having fun out there with my co-host, Melissa Rycroft, and it's a badass show. But at the end of the day, check out Broken Skull Challenge because that son bitch is pure hell. So check it out. And Stone Cold's got his own beer. Oh, yeah, Finally. Broken Skull IPA. So check out Broken Skull IPA. I know. Endorse- when are you coming back to L.A.? Because uh, we're supposed to do cheeseburgers. Yeah, I know. we got to have a cheat day, right? Yeah. We got it. We got it. Maybe we will. I've been having so much cheat days since last time I saw you. Uh, I'll, I'll eat a hamburger with you, but then I, I got to drop about 15. Well, then do it. We should do it while you're in New York. We'll hit up Popeyes. If I get time on my schedule, I'll come back. Let me know. Okay. Let me know. Thanks, Stone Thanks Cold. for having me, Sam. Here is Sam Roberts. You know, Stone Cold would want me to tell you about the company that brought you Grand Theft Auto, Borderlands, Bioshock, and WWE 2K16. There's a whole new comic universe. Straight from them, it's called the Double Take Universe, and their first ten stories start in the world established by the 1968 cult classic Night of the Living Dead. Then they let their imaginations and their zombies run wild. They're putting out packs of ten comics uh, all about this zombie world, uh, and you can get them all. For free. That's right. The first 10 comics uh, are available for free at DoubleTakeUniverse.com. That's DoubleTakeUniverse.com. Get this. 
the second set of comics is already out. Double Take is telling new stories starring new characters, but if you love the classic films, you're not going to be disappointed. You can follow your favorite characters from the film from their first appearances through their dying breaths to their first baby zombie steps. And as a listener to this podcast, Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, I've set up something amazing for you. This isn't the situation where you have to buy something, but you get a discount. It's all free. I told you the first 10 issues were on the website. Now, if you put in promo code SAM, you'll get the second 10 issues free as well. That's 20 comics for free at DoubleTakeUniverse.com. If you want a physical comic, you can binge read by picking up the first and second super issue packs uh, of all 10 titles at your local comic shop, Barnes & Noble, GoHastings.com, or MidtownComics.com. They're about 20 bucks each. Again, you can read all 10 of the first and second issues for free at DoubleTakeUniverse.com with the code SAM. I would recommend it. It's amazing. Speaking of amazing, thanks to Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, I tend to focus more on storytelling in wrestling uh, and not the the physicality. I really like Stone Cold Steve Austin's insight because he gives the insight that a pro wrestler would have, a guy who's in the ring. You know, he's talking about getting your stuff in and being physical and, and how to perform as a wrestler. I feel like I watch wrestling a little more with a macro view, right? I look at the big picture of things and how this this story arc is being told. Stone Cold is so great at providing that insight because I looked at the Royal Rumble like it was a good thing. I looked at the Royal Rumble satisfied because of how good the storytelling was, um, whereas Stone Cold really brought up a great point that no, none of the superstars got over because of what they were doing in the ring. And I think that that's a valuable thing, and that is something that used to be a big part of the Royal Rumble every year. Um, but the Royal Rumble is done, and so is Fastlane. And I think we all know what we all thought about Fastlane, and I think we all know what we all thought about Raw one night later. What a difference a day makes. Um, don't forget, before we get into State of Wrestling, number one, there's a bonus State of Wrestling show that comes out every Thursday afternoon at some point on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash notsam and notsam.com. You can watch. It's a quick five-minute video where I go over three stories that either need uh, to have more detail or that I didn't get to cover in State of Wrestling. So check that out on the YouTube channel and notsam.com. Speaking of notsam.com, get your Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast t-shirts there. There is the classic... Uh, uh, Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast logo t-shirt, the red and the white uh, emblazoned, and the uh, Boo the Bad Guys t-shirt, which is my favorite. I love it. Uh, with the with the very, very uh, lovely Boo the Bad Guys logo. That's the premium shirt. You can get them both at NotSam.com. I would recommend both of them. Uh, now, let's talk about what happened this week in wrestling. I'm going to bring in Katie Linendahl and start the state of wrestling um, right about now. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Here comes the money. No, we're not talking about Shane McMahon yet. We're talking about Uber. We all have those times when we need a little extra money, when we need the money to come. Well, I've got a really easy way that you can do it. You want to know how? Just drive with Uber. Yes, that's right. Uber, you see, it's a smartphone app. We, we've all used it before, I think. It connects riders with drivers. So... As a driver, you can turn it on and it'll help you make extra money for driving your own car. 
totally flexible, set your own hours. You don't even have to quit your day job to make more money because Uber is going to let you make extra money on your own schedule. Uh, we're, we're, wherever, whenever, we're meant to be together and you're meant to be with extra money. Just turn on the app and drive. A few hours here, a few hours there. It all adds up. It's very, very quick. And it's really easy to get started. First, go to drivewithuber.com to sign up for free. You can do it right now on your phone. Second, answer a few basic questions about you and your car and then get approved. Third, start driving. That's all there is to it. I told you it was easy. Start enjoying the flexibility of working when you want and earning extra money on your schedule. Sign up to drive with Uber today. Go to drivewithuber.com. That's drivewithuber.com. Drive with U-B-E-R.com. Because the last thing you want is somebody yelling, here comes the money, and you realize you don't have any. Get some. Drive with Uber. I now welcome in Katie Linendahl. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I am hyped. Well, it's a good thing we did this today instead of it's on Sunday. Just so much to report. You know, and you know, and that's good that you said that right out the gate because I had one note. What's your from, <laughs> from Sunday? Oh, and I, I was kind of panicking. What was it? Well, oh, you mean it, it was one, literally a piece of paper with one note that uh-huh. said "Justice for Brock's mailbox." Right. Well, that's the, it. That's all I had. The testicles came now into I got play like again. More pages of my senior thesis. <laughs> and you're a writer. And I'm a writer. Yes. Uh, Well, look, there's no doubt about it. The Raw that we watched this week was one of the best episodes of Monday Night Raw in a long time. And you have to ask, is it necessary to put on bad shows to get good shows? Do you need to get the audience so upset with the product that you have no other choice than to put on shows that are mind-blowingly good or could you just do the good shows we had a pay-per-view fast lane fast, uh, fast lame as yeah, i like to call it i found it to be an extraordinarily disappointing pay-per-view um it was almost like they winged it yeah and, and they just kind of went with the obvious across the board the kevin owens match uh, was a good match. Kevin Owens, Dolph Ziggler was a good match. Um, what else was good? You know, it was weird. It was weird to yeah, watch. The, the Kevin Owens Ziggler match was a good match because they've had each, to practice each other on that since last year's That's Royal true. Rumble. I they've, mean, come on, man. They've had plenty of practice. Um, but you know, it, it was at least enjoyable, and and there was this sort of moment of of Ziggler could theoretically win. Um, it was very weird to do the U.S. title two out of three falls match on the pre-show and then make room for the social outcasts <laughs> and uh, Curtis Axel versus R-Truth on the pay-per-view. Now, I would get that 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 placement if the pre-show were what it used to be. Back in the day, the pay-per-view pre-show was free on the pay-per-view channel. And the idea was that they would put on this show so that last-minute people would be watching it and get so excited they would have to turn the pay-per-view on. That's why, like, I always liked when they would uh, do, like, a battle royal on the Mm pre-show with the implication being something happens later in the pay-per-view. Or even when they did little things like entrances to the first match in the pre-show. So you watch the entrance in the free show and in order to see the match that's about to happen, you got to buy the pay-per-view. That, I think, is exciting, and, and I get it. And I even understand putting an Alberto Del Rio 
Kalisto, two out of three falls U.S. title match on the pre-show for that reason. But people are watching the pre-show, and I guess, yeah, the pre-show's on YouTube, and it's a little more visible than just being on the network. But by and large, people are watching the pre-show on the network. People are watching the pay-per-views on the network. The pay-per-view business model is a totally different business model. So I don't really get the thinking of why you wouldn't load up the show itself and let, you know, the the R-Truth, uh, Curtis Axel matches of the world be the pre-show, be be the kind of warm-up, be like, oh, as we're trickling in. the pre-show in, in its entirely? No, I don't mind a pre-show. I don't mind the raw pre-show. I don't mind... The pay-per-view pre-show, I think it's like if you're watching it at your house, oh, it's 7, 7.15. You don't have to turn it on right when it starts. You can kind of have it on in the background until 8. It kind of gets you in the mood. It's cool. I understand the purpose of it, but if it's not specifically a commercial, like the Super Bowl pre-show, it gets you in the mood for the Super Bowl, but it's not a commercial. Like you're not sitting there like, oh, this pre-show is so good, I'm going to buy the Super Bowl. It's just a matter of, okay, now I won't change the channel. Uh, so I would never understand the logic in that way of having pre-show matches that are bigger than the pay-per-view matches. Uh, that said, that was only like, uh, the beginning of the problems that I had with the pay-per-view. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think you have a laundry list. Yeah. You have like a scroll. Yeah. You know, the, the real, the real issue comes in the main event. And that's in, in, in the execution of Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Dean Ambrose. And at the end of the day, I go in knowing I still, regardless of Fastlane, I have full faith that WrestleMania is going to be a great WrestleMania. But for now, three years in a row, for the fan base to be upset um, up until a month before WrestleMania, I just don't, it's almost like, it's acceptable now that, okay, we're going to get people really annoyed. Like the fan base is going to be pissed until right before WrestleMania. Then we're going to kick it into high gear and make it amazing. And then we're going to slowly, you know, get annoying again. I don't understand the logic in that. I don't know why if when push comes to shove, you have the ability to put on an amazing show. Why you can't just put on a good show. You don't have to be amazing every night. It's impossible. but. You cannot do what happened on Sunday, which was almost like no reason to watch, you know? A lot, pe- lot of people not happy about that. I was upset about the main event in the sense that Roman Reigns just – I don't mind Roman Reigns winning. People know I'm a Roman Reigns fan. I get annoyed when Roman Reigns isn't used properly, and he wasn't used properly. He didn't come across as a badass in that match. Dean Ambrose did. Dean Ambrose got made. In that match, as he's been made throughout the storyline. And maybe that's necessary. Because, like you said, when this whole thing started, you and a lot of people were saying, what is Dean Ambrose doing, even in a conversation for the world title? Remember that? I know. I just keep feel like there the these moments where they keep putting Reigns in situations where the audience, Ambrose was clearly over. I mean, clearly. they even started cheering Lesnar in confusion. When he was in the middle of the the chaos, mm-hmm. so now they just keep poorly setting him up. I'm, not, I'm kind of stating the obvious for here. Roman. You mean poorly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 that's what they did. The real, I mean, the loser in the whole operation is those poor Wyatt boys. 
It's, well, I thought you were going to skip that. It's pretty obvious to me. I mean, I, I literally, as I watched that six-man tag, I was watching it in Katie's apartment, and she is homeless. I burned mm. her apartment to the ground. I was so frustrated. It's, it's it's a fresh start for me. Yeah. I'm not. She's got fire insurance. It's fine. Yeah. But I burned it to the ground because everybody knows when I get very excited. The fact is, I was watching Raw at work. Yeah. And I burned my office to the ground because that's but that was a happy burning. True story. I when I get very happy or when I get very upset, he commits arson. I light a fire. What can I tell you? I can't control my emotions. It's passion. That's, it, why that's I what can't it is. Get mad. It's it, that's what, and you understand. It's rooted from passion. And you're sitting there. You're holding your stuffed animals. You're watching your home burn to the ground and yep. going. At least my friend is a passionate person. Exactly. You know. At least he's at least he expresses his emotions. He doesn't lock them up. That's right. Uh, I, I think that. That even why, why, why even make why do that? Here's what I think happened with the Wyatts. I think uh, originally the plan was to have Bray versus Brock, maybe even a Strowman versus Undertaker match. Maybe both of those matches were planned. Somewhere along the lines, uh, they decided, which was good, to not do Strowman versus Undertaker, and. Somewhere along the line, they decided that Dean Ambrose was getting so popular, they need to make him and they need to put him in this match with Brock. And honestly, based on what they've done with Dean Ambrose, it's not a bad decision. Uh, It sucks for Bray Wyatt because it leaves the Wyatt family with nothing to do. And I don't think they're going to have a big platform at WrestleMania this year. They just won't. I don't I I don't think I don't think you're going to see much from the Wyatts at WrestleMania. You know, Bray had his Undertaker match last year. He had John Cena the year before. This one's going to be a, 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 a more disappointing one, I think. You're really surprising me right now. Yeah, no, I just don't, I don't see the Wyatts doing much you at WrestleMania. You don't think there's a, any room for them? I think they'll be on the show. I just don't think that What's they'll the have... a fantasy book at this point for I, you? I mean, if I were starting from here, mm-hmm. I don't have time before WrestleMania to get them into anything that really matters. We didn't have time for in WrestleMania for Shane O'Mac. I mean, like they're ramping stuff. I feel like they're in like geared up mode. Yeah, I didn't realize Shane, Shane O'Mac was on the table until yesterday, until this week. <laughs> right? I didn't realize that he was that he was even an option, and that was the beauty of that whole thing. I don't think any of us realized he was an option. The Vincent J. Kennedy Award of Excellence. I, I'm going to look forward to this every year. I like that you called it the Vincent J. Kennedy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Vincent J. Kennedy, Stephanie Shane. There were Shane so Award. many names. There were. There were. Um, so, yeah. But. What's the the mom's name? Linda? Yeah, Linda. Vincent Linda J. James Kennedy, Linda, Stephanie Shane. Yeah. Marissa. Um, I have to wonder. Now, I was thinking about this because I always think about the logic behind these stories. And if the pay-per-view had been great, Shane McMahon comes out on Monday. And he goes, I'm here to save the company. But if they had done a great pay-per-view, it wouldn't have made any sense. And fans uh, would have been like, what do you mean save the company? The pay-per-view is great. You're really on to something here. But the pay-per-view was lousy. I can't. And I'm a conspiracy theorist. I can't even fathom an idea that the WWE wow. would put on a bad pay-per-view just so that the Shane thing worked even better. Um, because... I mean, they're hurting their talent if they do that. Like, they're making the Shane McMahon match mean more, but they'd be – I mean, the damage that they're doing to Roman Reigns is ir- irreparable. 
Um, so I, it's just a very interesting thing. I don't think, based on everything that I'm seeing, I do not think that the Shane Mc, I think the Shane McMahon thing happened quickly. Sure. I, I don't think that this is something, you know, you look at his Titantron video, yep. his fonts are straight out of the 1990s. Like that, it, that it, music is still epic. The music is great, but the fonts. It's on my playlist. <laughs> it's just there. You it's didn't even have there. to look it up. I never look it. But like the, 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 the fonts are all very old. Like it's an old video. They didn't Who update. He uses a sans serif for the Titan Trot. <laughs> exactly. They didn't update the video. All the photos of him, not one of them have gray hair, so they didn't have time to do a photo shoot with him. I'm pretty sure. That this was kind of like maybe they were flirting with it here and there. Maybe Shane had a while ago said at one point, maybe I'll come back and do something. But I don't really think that this is something that was I don't think at the Royal Rumble they had this idea. No way. I think this is something. And that's crazy to me because Shane McMahon's not an athlete. So for them to call up Shane McMahon, say, OK, I know it's not a lot of time, but we need you for Raw also can you get into shape to wrestle the undertaker in the hell in a cell at (laughs) WrestleMania (laughs) in a month? That's crazy. Now this is where wrestling is so good because logically, if we're talking about just humans, right? We can say that the undertaker is a man of a certain age. He's in great shape for a 50, whatever year old man, but he is a 50 year, whatever year old man. And Shane McMahon is just a business dude in his 40s that's been out of the limelight for years. That's the match that you have booked in one of your prime slots at WrestleMania. And when I phrase it like that, you go, why would they do this? But the story, the story is so compelling. Shane McMahon is such a surprise. The reasoning behind what's going on is so much fun that this becomes one of the absolute must-see matches ever for WrestleMania. Ever. Like, there is no... Like, for me, I don't think this will be The Undertaker's last match. So it's not like we have one more shot with The Undertaker and it's with Shane. I'm okay, and, and, and I will be, for the record, disappointed at on this day, today, if, for whatever reason, it doesn't end up being Shane versus Undertaker. If they replace Shane with somebody, if something happens between now and WrestleMania, I will be disappointed. I want to see Shane versus Undertaker. What makes you in think that that wouldn't happen? Because it, it's Shane McMahon. <laughs> He's got a month, dude. Yeah, I guess. What is that? P ninety X. Get moving. I couldn't do it in a month. What's that? What's that workout they all do? CrossFit. Yeah, he's gonna CrossFit. Yeah. Um, I'll be disappointed if it doesn't happen. I'm. I still think the Cena match needs to happen. I think that can happen in a month. I would rather see this at this time right now than the John Cena Undertaker match. And even if you're telling me either Sting is wrestling this year or never again, I would rather see Shane McMahon versus Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell than Sting versus Undertaker. 100%. You would too. 100%. A lot, some people wouldn't. It's controversial. And maybe that's because you and I were raised so heavily on WWE right. that the Sting-Undertaker match does not have the It doesn't. And even for me. Who, as far as pro wrestling goes, I would consider myself a worldly individual. Across the board. The Sting-Undertaker match is not must-see for me in 2016. Maybe five years ago it would have been awesome. But for me, I'm okay never seeing Sting versus Undertaker. I want to see Shane and Undertaker in that Hell in a Cell. My question for you. I am so excited for it. What's the outcome? I think the Undertaker has to win. I would imagine. What? I would imagine Shane is only back for a month. I don't think he's back full time. 
I think he's. They think that's the deal. He's back for a month. He's not going to control Raw. They're not going to give one of the Undertaker's very few WrestleMania losses to Shane. Uh, maybe Vince. I see. That's the really interesting thing, and I'm very, very anxious to see how it plays out. How the Undertaker fits into the equation. Because The Undertaker is not a corporate tool of Vince McMahon. You know what I mean? Vince McMahon is using The Undertaker in a role like you would use a member of Vince's corporation back in the Attitude Era. Right? Right. Undertaker is not that guy today. Undertaker is an independent entity. So this idea that he would fight Shane so that Vince got what he wanted, it doesn't quite line up. And Undertaker is News not flash. Neither does the whole last three months. Well, Undertaker is not a heel, even though he hit Brock Lesnar in his gonads many, many times. He's still not a heel. <laughs> and people are going to be very excited to see the Undertaker. This may end up just being one of those matches that people are so excited to see that is so fun to watch. It doesn't really matter about the roles that everybody's fitting into. I mean, you know how much I like when wrestling gets real and gritty. We're going to get to that. I was in a state of orgasmic pleasure <laughs> when Vince McMahon dropped an F-bomb, first of all. He got bleeped out. I don't know if you noticed that. I did not catch that. He dropped an F-bomb, and he said he wanted The Undertaker to give Shane a beating like he used to give Shane. A billionaire CEO of a publicly traded company brought his son on one of the most popular cable TV shows on national television and announced to him and and did this whole thing saying, I used to beat you. And Shane said, oh, I remember those beatings as a child. Okay, we don't condone this. This is insane. Incredible. I was was entrenched in it. I was like bathing in it. I was showering in the segment. I was so happy. Like when they did that, when they crossed that line, I said, finally, we're back to where wrestling is. So you're just happy the whole night. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Elated. Yep. Elated. I'm wondering why you were glowing today. Uh, just glowing. And I don't like the concept of, okay, yes, last night was bad, but tonight's awesome. So don't worry about last night. I still don't think you can ever excuse a show. You, like, like, don't put all your eggs in one basket. If you're going to put 19 eggs on Raw and zero eggs on the pay-per-view, Throw six of the eggs on the pay-per-view. Make it, an, make it a decent pay-per-view and then a good Raw instead of a not great pay-per-view and an amazing Raw. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm going to disagree. You are. I, I want to be let down so I can appreciate the really good stuff. But see, and it's Easter. Put all the damn eggs in one basket. You know what you – remember what I those, said? Those eggs that you put with the white crayon. Remember what I said about wrestling? Pause. About how <laughs> – remember what I said about wrestling and what it does to you emotionally? Wrestling in this is, is, mm-hmm. is an abusive – spouse wrestling will sit there and treat you poorly it's like katie if i if, if, if you were married to me first that, of all first off that never happened. it would be a nightmare for you disaster second of all it would be like if i was treating you like shit week after week after week mm-hmm. then took you out to an amazing dinner and treated you like a princess and you were like oh my god he really does love me Treated you like a princess. Is that like Chick-fil-A or is that like? That's what I mean, yeah, with a candle. And then gave you Chick-fil-A meals for a month straight. Mm. Then went back to treating you like shit. But you just kept remembering all those Chick-fil-A's. That month 
of my husband treating me like a princess. Oh, no, he really is a good guy. He treated me like a princess in March. <laughs> that's what WWE is. <laughs> I think that's a little dramatic of, of an analogy, but I see where you're going with this. Right. Now, we're in princess phase right now. Yeah. So I'm super happy. I, I'm going to blow the whole fast lame off. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I, I, I wish. People were so angry. People are canceling their subscriptions. And then you know what? You know what happened? You, you the most amazing believe, Raw the ever. Most, you wouldn't even believe what happened. Right. The Ryback turned heel. That was it, right? Yep, that was it. <laughs> the, the big the Ryback heel turn. The Ryback. Oh, man. So, uh, so yeah, I didn't see Shane McMahon coming no. for even an instant. And when they started talking, I even tweeted about it. I assumed, I was like, okay, I guess they're saving the WrestleMania main event. I guess they're going to do Roman with Shane in his corner. Oh. versus Hunter with Vince in his corner, the winning man gets the title, and the corner man gets Raw. And said, okay, good, they just saved the main event. And then they went 100 levels higher and said, "Unreal." we're going to do Undertaker and Shane in a hell in a cell. And I was like, this is amazing. Unbelievable. Amazing. I thought for a second, how do they save the main event? And then I remembered, who cares? The hell in a cell is going to be off the chisel. Yeah. It's that moment we've been asking for for the last few months, that real surprise moment. You, you keep saying that. You yeah. kept saying and we our need Twitter that. fans were actually acknowledging that. Yes. You've been saying that. And I'm like, I don't know exactly what you're asking for, Katie. And you were like, I don't that. know what I'm asking for. But I'll know it when I see it. And, and you saw for, it. Here comes the money. And I feel like with Shane back. Ah, oh, so good. That's like the now that Shane is back, it makes it possible. Anything really can happen. Anything Dreams can, can come true. Hundred percent. I don't want to tell you what happened to me when I discovered. Well, I was on a treadmill watching mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Got real bad. What happened? I had an injury because I got real excited and I just kept running. But then the segment went so long that right. I didn't, couldn't stop. <laughs> Not to make this a story about myself, but long story short, I, I pulled a muscle in my box. Your box? Yeah, it was a bad injury, Sam. And I have a big race coming up. I was sheer excitement, and I don't mean it in a crass way. But I, I, I outran myself, and then I wasn't sure if I was dehydrated. You pulled a groin injury? I'm, I think so. I think I like an, like an ovary or something. What the heck? Yeah, I just ran too much. Because I couldn't stop because the segment was like 35 minutes. And I, I didn't want to be like a wuss and walk on the treadmill. I think you're the only person watching that show that pulled her vagina. She was so excited. <laughs> Sam. I, I've never even heard that happen before. I shouldn't have brought that up. Well, I, didn't, I would have asked you where. I thought I you were going to say. I pulled a muscle in that my <laughs> You said in your box. That's what you said. Siri is over there going, please stop talking about this. Do not talk about this anymore. <laughs> you said that. It hurt. I would imagine. I that seems like a very sensitive area. I didn't know if I was having a mirage. <laughs> is that what it's called? Yeah. What do you call those? And you start I, to see things that are just real exciting. Yeah, I guess so. It sounds exciting. Hydrated. <laughs> well, Shane McMahon can take credit for. Sh- well, is we won't Sam? even get into it. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Way to go, boy. <laughs> Leave it to the McMahons. To pull Katie Linengoss. Vince! <laughs> Vince! No place for that here. I'm proud of him. He may own part of my company, and I don't like it. But the things he did to that Linendoll girl, that's my boy. Here comes the money. Here no, comes not again. <laughs> I've only got one. Ah! Ah! I'd, 
hate to see what he's going to do next time. My gosh. Sam! <laughs> well, you brought, I'm just saying, I didn't realize that you were that excited, but it was an exciting time. It was a very, very exciting moment. Man, gonna... everybody's going to remember what happened when they were watching that. Everybody's going to remember what happened to you when you were watching that. <laughs> That's all I'm going to think about. I'm not even going to remember what happened. I'm going to think about it. What, what, what you did to yourself. I broke my mile time is what I did. I see. Uh-huh. I see. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. I, uh, but Shane, I feel like coming back is that thing where it makes it so that anything can happen. Um, like I, it, I thought there was a little – I'm asking you this too because wasn't there a little dirt happening though as to why he wouldn't come back? Well, people, what was the last uh, talk of that? People speculated about that for a long time and, and for good reason. You know, It's one of those things where it's a family-run business. It's always been a family-run business. And to see a guy like Shane who for years was such an integral part of the show, not only behind the scenes but as a performer, Shane did things – that some of the wrestlers on the roster wouldn't do, let alone something that the boss's son would have to do. Mm-hmm. The bumps that Shane took are legendary to this day. I, I remember being at the King of the Ring in, uh, I think it was Long Island, when he wrestled Kurt Angle. And he was taking a belly-to-belly suplex through the glass King of the Ring entrance. But it didn't break. And he took, I mean, multiple belly-to-belly suplexes headfirst against that wall. And Kurt Angle, gold medalist, was giving them to him. These aren't aren't baby moves. This is a guy who I remember one year for SummerSlam. He didn't climb up to the top of the Titantron and take a bump off of it. This year for SummerSlam, for whatever reason, it was two Titantrons, one on top of the other. Shane climbed up both of them. So good. You know, this uh, Shane did things... That nobody else uh, uh, could do. And do we see that at Mania? I think we will. Whoa. And, and based on the road that we're taking to WrestleMania, based on the way that that show closed on Monday, and we'll get into that whole thing, it seems like we saw – here's what we saw in Raw. We saw blood. We saw the McMahons. We saw Vince talking about beating his son. We saw an F-bomb slip out from the boss. I mean it – feels like and 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 it's not that it's it's drifting away from PG it's not that it's the attitude era all over again because wrestling doesn't need the attitude era people think that wrestling needs the attitude era because it needs more raunch it needs more bad language it needs more that's not what wrestling needs what made the attitude era amazing was the storytelling i was watching the Vince McMahon Stone Cold Steve Austin playlist over the weekend on the WWE network and What made that feud remarkable was not that Stone Cold – I mean it wasn't that he was cursing. It wasn't – the fact that he flipped everybody off is amazing. But if he hadn't flipped everybody off, it wouldn't have taken much away from that feud. What made that feud amazing was the storytelling that went into it. And the fact that they were committed to this long-term story between the two. They were focused on the story. It was affecting uh, a lot of different people on the roster. Uh, and and, and it, you cared about it. And it felt real. I was watching with somebody uh, who only started watching wrestling five or six years ago. And she was sitting there looking at it. And she was like, oh, my God, this feels real. And that's what made the Attitude Era special. And that's what made so much of what Shane did special, that you couldn't fake the stuff he was doing. But the things we saw on Raw on Monday were felt so much more real, mm-hmm. for the most part, 
than things that we've seen in the past. Uh, I really wouldn't be surprised if Shane McMahon took an uncharacteristically big bump based on, and I say uncharacteristically not for Shane McMahon, but for current day WWE. I think Shane McMahon is going to do something spectacular in that match against The Undertaker at WrestleMania this year. I I agree. I I, I really think he's going to do something spectacular. On that note of realism, I think the one person that needs to chill out a little bit is Dean Ambrose. I find him, his promos are right there along with Heyman and the New Day among, and Kevin Owens. Heyman, New Day, Kevin Owens, and Dean Ambrose are doing the best promos on the roster. I mean, Dean Ambrose's stuff promo-wise is amazing. He's really, really good. In the ring, he's great. I love that Dean Ambrose is getting into the position that he's getting into, and I think he's going to be able to make a big splash. However, I felt like when he was chasing Brock Lesnar down coming out of that ambulance, first of all, why would you wait until Brock Lesnar was finished with his promo before the ambulance came out? Why wouldn't the ambulance interrupt the promo? I thought that promo was a disaster. The Heyman promo? No, the ambulance. The am- like it was From the time the ambulance correct. came in. Yes. But the, I feel like, and maybe, I don't even know if people pick up on this or it's just a feeling that you get, like you're saying. I felt like having there be a pause. Okay, promo's done. What's next? Oh, here's the ambulance. The timing of that makes it seem so not spontaneous. I'm so glad you felt the same way because when that ambulance failed to pull in, it took him like it was like an Austin Powers moment. Right. Pull the the ambulance in. See, I. What is happening? I I don't mind. The the weak walk to the ring was pathetic. Well, I don't mind if it's a cluster, if it's interrupting the promo. Like it needs to feel like chaos and it didn't feel like chaos because the promo was done. Um, And I don't mind him being injured as he walks to the ring. But his facial expressions were very cartoony, I found. Very. And I think that we need to dial that down just a little bit so we remember that this is Brock Lesnar. And I think it's going to make Dean Ambrose come across as more sympathetic and more of an underdog if it feels like, I don't know if he can do it. Look how hurt he is. As opposed to, oh, he's being funny. He's doing the Dean Ambrose, I'm hurt thing. I actually think Brock saved that by just stepping on him initially. Well, yeah. It was almost like, forget it, man. Yeah. And Brock, this is what's great about Brock. Brock won't put up with that. Like, if you no-sell for Brock, he's going to hurt you. If you act like what he's doing doesn't hurt, then he'll make it hurt. You know what I mean? Like, yep. he, he has that ability. Brock Lesnar will not let one of his performances uh, be stopped by anything. That said, uh, I'm very, very optimistic about the Brock Lesnar-Dean uh, Ambrose thing. I think, based on where we are, it is the right thing to do. As much as I'm a fan of the Wyatt family, Dean Ambrose needs that match. He should be in that match, uh, and that's the right spot for him. Dean Ambrose is arguably the most popular good guy on the roster. You know? Yeah. and And so he should be in the Brock Lesnar match. It makes sense that he's in the Brock Lesnar match. Uh, I thought that the beating... Here's here here's something interesting, and this is where I would say WWE can improve on a good thing. And I want I want you to know that you know part of doing this podcast. It's why we boo the bad guys. We love wrestling, and and some of these criticisms I'm making are nitpicky, and it's just how to take a great RAW because Monday was amazing and just bring it up a notch. For me, 
I think business-wise, and this goes back to the same model of pay-per-view pre-shows and what their purpose is. When Brock Lesnar beat up Dean Ambrose in the parking lot and it happened before the show and it was put up on Facebook and YouTube, awesome. I thought it looked really good. I thought it looked like Brock Lesnar was legitimately kicking the crap out of him. I loved that it happened before the show and it was just like, we don't know what's happening. We have to, like, this is late breaking news and we have to show you blah, blah, blah. We don't know what this means for Monday Night Raw tonight. And it instantly gives you a reason to watch Raw. One thing I would have done differently. It should have broken on the network. I would have maybe posted stills online, maybe posted a, a, a shorter version of the video online. But I feel like the place that needs to break is the mm. network because – and I've said this before. We need to feel like there is something going on on the network that we can't miss. And that's the type of thing that is a can't miss thing. I agree. You know what I, you know what I mean? And, 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 and I feel like if it was like – a video of, oh, look, there's late-breaking news. Go turn on the network so you can see Brock Lesnar jumping Dean Ambrose. You would honestly probably have new subscribers just to see that. You're right. Not millions, but some. You know, and it would make a difference. And if people thought that, okay, you know, I mean, you got this live network. You might as well use the live part of it. If people thought there were people in Stanford all the time, you could bring the pre-show crew on early and say, hey, this just happened, or Scott Stanford or whoever's over there. Bring them on and say, hey, look at this. This just happened. We're going to go straight to the arena and play the tape from the arena. You know, I, I think I think that would be the way to go with that. But 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 I like that. Um, were you surprised? Did you think that the the uh, excellence award, whatever it was, the Vincent J. McMahon award would be as big a deal as it was? No, you didn't. I, I thought it was hilarious when he crowned Stephanie, though. I thought it was, it was great. I thought it was really funny, funny, too. And I was anxious to see where it was going at that point, And I was not, I was not disappointed. I'll tell you what really did not disappoint me either. Mm. You know, I talk about using Roman Reigns improperly. His promo, Monday night on Raw, not at the pay-per-view, not before Monday night. The promo that he cut on Monday night, perfect. I loved it. He talked. He was not cute. He was not funny. He was just like, look, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to kick somebody's ass at WrestleMania. I'm going to kick Triple H's ass. And I believed him. Roman Reigns, it was quick. It was to the point. He wasn't smiling through it. It was great. And I think that's what Roman Reigns, honestly, as a person, probably wants to be doing. I think he knows that's the zone he belongs in. Is this the time for a Reigns heel turn? I mean, no. No, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think there's going to be a Reigns heel turn. I think it's like the John Cena thing. I think I, I think it's uh, every time is a time for a Reigns heel turn. I just don't see it happening. You know, it's one of those things that they're going to make work. It, I'm very, very interested. And I'm not disappointed by it. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. What sound was the audience making on Monday night when Triple H's hands were up in the air? They were cheering bad man cheering yep i'm fine with it because i'm now anxious to see how they tell this story yeah but you just keep screwing roman reigns man but there, it, it is what it is at this point now we have to tell the story that we that we're in and i mean the end of raw was amazing regardless of whether you're cheering roman reigns or not I now care about the match we revisit a conversation from 9 months ago and asking is blood back yeah yeah, now there's this video. So the end of Raw, 
again, I really liked it. Triple H coming out in the jeans and the leather jacket and t-shirt. Um, kicking the kicking the garbage out of Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns got a couple hits in. He got the Superman punch in. But, I mean, Triple H just crushing Roman Reigns' face in uh, was an amazing thing to see. And interesting thing to see. Because in the first segment, you had the boss of the company dropping an F-bomb. In the last segment, you had the boss's son-in-law involved in a storyline where there was blood. Two enormous no-nos. So you wonder if this is something where both those guys took it upon themselves. You wonder if they had a discussion and said, look, the paper you did not go well on Sunday. We need something that's really going to get people talking. Because especially after the Shane McMahon thing, that's what I was thinking after the Shane McMahon segment on Monday. How do they make, if Shane's not involved in Triple H and Roman Reigns, how do they do this with Triple H and Roman Reigns? How do they make it something? Because they can't just do... Bad guy Hunter versus good guy Roman Reigns. Not, and, and that's obvious based on the pay-per-view, based on everything leading up to the pay-per-view, based on the fact that Roman Reigns has not been where Roman Reigns needs to be since the night he won the title in Philadelphia. That was the peak, and it went back downhill after that. Um, he was. Um, on Monday, they weren't cheering him. That's true. But Roman was getting back to a position where he needs to be in. He got his face crushed. Crushed. He got his nose broken. Whatever happened. He had blood all over the place. Triple H demolished him. Now there is nothing. Nothing. Roman Reigns' face got broken. There is nothing for Roman Reigns to be laughing about. There is no, all right, you got me. No good-humored anything can come from what happened with Triple H on Monday. There is no way anybody can take that sitting down. There is no way you can even sit there and be like, all right, Triple H, you might have won this one, but I'll see you at Mania. You can't. He crushed your face. So that said, I think that it does. With the promo where Roman Reigns wasn't being goofy and nice, and with the fact that 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 fight, that visceral fight, happened at the end of Monday, I think it does put Roman back into this warrior place where he needs to be. because And Hunter, I think, understands Roman Reigns better than uh, other people that are making decisions, whether that's Vince or whoever. Because, and maybe that's why the Hunter-Roman Reigns match is going to be the best thing that could happen to Roman Reigns. Well, and you're right in the sense that what was a TLC, the ending right. was fantastic with Triple H. Exactly. Exactly. And the reason why he was so over when he won the world title was because of what he had done to Triple H. Triple H, I think, understands the Roman Reigns character and what it needs, and he's feeding it. Mm. And that was what the Roman Reigns character needed last night. I can't tell you that the crowd is going to do a 180 and all of a sudden like Roman Reigns, but you just gave me a reason, as Roman Reigns, to step out of the character I've been playing, which is hugging kids, and step back in to one versus all, I'm going to kill you for everything you've done to me. Like, Roman Reigns, this badass Samoan dude, should be looking at Triple H going, you don't understand. I'm going to kill you with my bare hands. Not for the title. Because I want to. That's Roman Reigns. Because I'm a warrior. Because I'm a gladiator. Because I hunt humans. It's all I know. And Hunter, I'm going to hunt you. 
You're telling me you wouldn't cheer if Roman Reigns was telling Hunter he was going to kill him with his bare hands <laughs> and not tongue in cheek. Like, oh, you're dead meat. Like, no, 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 no. Like, Stephanie's a widow after WrestleMania. Ratings would never be higher. Never be higher. <laughs> if he was like, if he was. Stock went up. Yeah. If he was like, you know, Triple H, we're both fathers. Your kids aren't going to have a father after WrestleMania. Because <laughs> I'm going to murder you to death. With my hands. And nothing else. We don't even have to do this no holes barred. I'm going to beat you to oblivion because you crushed my face on Raw. I mean, it's there, right? And I, I, I think it was the first step. And the fact that they were, people were cheering Triple H is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing for the match. Because if they didn't care, they wouldn't be cheering Triple H. They'd still be booing Roman Reigns. The fact that they were cheering means they were excited. I was excited watching that. For whatever reason, you were excited, I would, I'll bet, watching that last segment. Yep. You see his bloody face. He's getting pedigreed on the steps. He's getting destroyed. I, I got to see these two fight. You're excited now. And it gives the match the beginning of a reason for being. And they did a, good, a really excellent job on Raw of separating Dean and separating trip, uh, uh, Roman Reigns, and separating Brock Lesnar with Dean, and bringing Triple H back into the fold with Roman Reigns. Remember I was telling you that what they did in the last month was damaging to the Roman Reigns-Triple H story? Because we had this story, and we forgot all about it for a month to build Fastlane. Well, in one dramatic moment on Monday night, they brought the entire story back. And I think it was great. And I think that the blood helped. Uh, and I'm not a guy who thinks blood is necessary, but I think that the blood helped. There's a video that's going around on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. A fan took the video. I assumed in my naivete that they just got carried away and Triple H was slamming Roman Reigns' face into the table and his nose started bleeding. It happens. It's not the first time that would have happened. That was a lot of blood, dude. Right. I assumed he had a broken nose from that thing. It looked like it was coming from his nose, didn't it? Yeah. Right. There is a video online where it very much appears that Byron Saxton is passing Roman Reigns. No. Some no. people are saying it's a blood capsule. I don't no. think it's a blood capsule or a blade. There is a video where it looks like Roman Reigns either bladed or did something. And if that's the case, I mean, as far as I know about WWE policy, that's a huge fine. If people go into business for themselves and start blading, as far as I know, that's a huge, What is the, huge what is the no accuracy no. of this said video? Where did you, where's the source? I mean, it's all over Facebook and Twitter. Wow. Um, and, and you could, you, I mean, you could just Google it and find it. I'm sure it'll be on a bunch of the dirt sheets. Uh, but, it, I mean, it, it, here's, what, here's what the video looks like. It's taken from the crowd, and it's literally like the f- first couple rows right behind where Byron is sitting on commentary. Byron is standing up. Roman Reigns is getting his face smashed into the table. Roman Re- Triple H kind of walks away. Roman Reigns has his arms, you know, kind of out. Byron walks over, pulls, looks to pull something out of his pocket and slip something into Roman's hand. Then Roman looks to adjust his forehead, looking like he's either blading or using a blood capsule. I, I see it. I, I'm watching it. You see it. Yeah. I would assume blading. I don't think that anybody's using blood capsules. It's, it's you know, it's, it's that's like that's like the cliche wrestling thing. I, I hope it wasn't a blood capsule because that would be the lamest thing in the world. 
Um, That'd be the safer legal thing, though. I mean, I I guess, but if anybody found out, it'd be so damaging to the story. Yeah. So damaging. Maybe he was giving him a Snickers. Maybe. Maybe he was getting hangry. Yeah. It's like, Roman, you're turning into somebody else. Yeah. No, I'm just bleeding. I didn't need a Snickers. Oh. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that, I thought that that, that gave me a reason to care about Roman Reigns and Triple H and they did a, another great job of separating the Shane McMahon story and the Triple H story. So now this Triple H Roman Reigns, uh, battle is not about who is in charge of the company anymore. Like Triple H versus Roman Reigns is not about the authority anymore because the authority is all locked locked up in everything that's going on with Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon. This has become a personal fight between two gladiators, uh, and I really, really am looking forward to it tonight, today, as we're as we're recording this. I am really looking forward to it. I think it was. I think they just did a, a very good job. I don't know what what that means for the League of Nations. Maybe the League of Nations versus New Day or something, but... um, A little disappointment, obviously, with Enzo and Cass not showing up. Yeah, I don't don't know why people thought they were going to. I would say... It was trending. It was trending. Well, my point being there is that many people as a collective thought it was going to happen. Right, right. Wow. Yeah, I'd rather have Shane McMahon than Enzo and Cass, to tell you the truth. No, I'm talking about Fastlane. Oh, 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 yeah, well, I mean... I'd rather have um, Fastlane was just just Fastlane didn't happen. Let's I wonder if Enzo and Cass. Do you think Enzo and Cass could have saved Fastlane? I don't think so. To tell you the truth, no, I don't think so. No, I think there was like a company email that went out that said everybody just kind of make it up as you go tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Is there any match that you want to see more than uh, Kevin Owens versus Michael Cole? <laughs> I mean, it's got to happen. Well, Michael Cole has got to take that orange singlet out of retirement. <laughs> Do it for Syracuse, Cole. You got this one. You can, Michael Cole, by the way, the only person with a WrestleMania undefeated streak. That's something. That's okay. Notable. The Undertaker didn't do that. The Miz didn't do that. Right. John Cena didn't do that. Michael Cole is undefeated at WrestleMania. I think he should put that streak up on the line. The biggest streak in WrestleMania right now against uh, Kevin Owens. I I wouldn't mind seeing Michael Cole have a run as the IC champ. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd rather <laughs> see another I'd see rather see that than him versus Ziggler again. What do you think is going to happen with the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania? Do you think it's just going to be a multi-man match? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Do you think it's Del Rio versus Kalisto again? Kind of, right? I'm not sure. Yeah, unless they do multi-man matches for the US and the Intercontinental title. I wouldn't mind that. They could. Get a lot of people on the roster that way. I don't know. Then you have the Andre the Giant pre-show, right? Right. Which then will... that's a lot of multi-man tags. Yeah, yeah. There's a heavy rumor going Match around. Yeah. A lot of people are saying two divas matches this year at WrestleMania. Ooh. Two divas matches. One multi-diva match so they can get everybody in, and the big divas championship match. They're going with Charlotte, uh, Sasha. I don't know. Will it be a triple threat or will it be Charlotte and Sasha? What do you want to see more? I kind of don't want to waste the Charlotte-Sasha just because it's so strong. Mm -hmm. But then again, I look back and you redid Sasha Bailey twice. Right. So it's not to say it couldn't happen again. Mm -hmm. Which one is it for you? The money ball is is obviously Sasha-Charlotte. If I'm giving you the pencil, 
You're booking Sasha versus Charlotte one-on-one for WrestleMania. Yeah, and I'm not booking another AJ Styles-Jericho match. I just uh, want to be clear of that on a tangent. I wouldn't as be, an aside. I wouldn't be surprised if that's exactly what happens. I, I, it feels like there, Best may, of 20? there may be a Jericho heel turn against AJ Styles before WrestleMania. We saw them tag on Raw. Right. I wouldn't be surprised because otherwise, who do you put AJ with? Miz? I think that what they're doing with— uh, that's, not, that's not fair card playing for me to first Styles right now. What do you mean? He's, he, Hansel, he's so hot right now. Who, AJ? Yeah. Because, or Miz? No, AJ. Oh. I think Miz is so hot right now. You do. You've thought that consistently. I'm a Miz Year fit. over year. It's true. Um, no, he is hot, but the thing that it's obvious to me that they're doing with AJ is, and they've done it with people before, and it works. They, it, it's like what they did with, uh, remember what they did with Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania last year? They kind of had him doing the Undertaker thing for the weeks leading up to WrestleMania, and they kept him separate from the main roster, right? So everything that was going on on the main roster really didn't have anything to do with with Bray because he was focused on The Undertaker. I think Jericho is one of those guys where if you have AJ focused on Jericho, you don't really – it's almost like a soft launch for AJ Styles. Like before he starts chasing any titles, before you figure out if he's in the main event scene or an intercontinental championship guy, before any of that, uh, you can have him work with Jericho as kind of a soft launch into the WWE. Now – if you're asking me what's the WrestleMania match, what's the money match? U.S. title, multi-man match. Styles Owens for the Intercontinental title. I was going to go there. That's, to me, a huge money match. That, that's absolutely 100%. I think that's the way you go. That's, uh, and, and because Kevin Owens is not going to get hurt losing that match. Uh, and AJ probably won't either, although... I mean, he probably won't. I, I, I think that would just be one of those matches where either way people would be happy to see it. Uh, I, I think that's, that's, that's the way you go with, with that one. Um, yeah. What was the other? Uh, uh, so you have, what did you think of the New Day segment at the pay-per-view? I'm New Day all the way. You liked it? Yes. I kinda, Consistently solid. I kinda, what were your complaints? I didn't have any. I read a lot of complaints about that segment. I kind of liked it too. Uh, I would say the only the only negative, the only drawback from the New Day segment at the pay per view would be that they were almost teasing a match, and then it just didn't happen. And then the pay per view wasn't that good, so it became a pretty big disappointment. You know, it gets dangerous that way. Uh, uh, uh. It says here on WWE.com <clears throat> yeah. that Roman Reigns undergoes surgery after Triple H attack. Yeah, it looks like, and this is WWE.com. Now, WWE.com, we should talk about this a little bit. It fits yeah. in. They've, they're kind of redoing the website. So it's a little more. Not a fan. You don't like the redesign? No, I don't. Graphically. Graphically. You have, do you try to search for any tickets? It's awful. I haven't tried to search for any tickets. So your complaint is more that it's tougher to get merch and tickets. Yeah, I guess that was a selfish remark. Yeah. A waste of airtime. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, no, to, I mean, people everyone. want tickets. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I can tell that they're trying to do something very, very different with the website. I like the way it, lo- it looks more of the time. Like, it looks more 2016 now. Uh, and I like I, I, my main – what I see differently in it is the content of it. I found myself when they relaunched it over the weekend, I don't read that much of the WWE.com articles, but they had two articles right off the bat that I was interested in. One was an article about Mike Quackenbush 
being a guest uh, teacher at the Performance Center, which is amazing. Uh, it's amazing to read about Quack uh, on WWE.com. It's amazing that he's at the Performance Center. It's amazing that that's getting covered. Like, it's just so cool to read about that as a kid who grew up with East Coast Indies. Um, then the next article I read was all about the pay-per-view that Eric Bischoff was planning right before WCW went out of business. Eric Bischoff was trying to buy WCW and already had a pay-per-view plan to relaunch the entire brand mm. called The Big Bang. And it talked about the whole story of what was going to happen and why it didn't happen and blah, blah, blah. So it seems like they're trying to go a little more legit and and compete with some of the uh, dirt sheets. Not, not dirt sheet, dirt sheet stuff, but to say, well, you know, if you guys are going to report non-kayfabe stuff then we're going to report that a guy that had a hoe train is going into the hall of fame right like we're gonna if you're making money off it we'll make money off it actually good i'm glad you brought that up we'll talk about that but it says on dot com roman reigns underwent surgery earlier today in tampa to repair a shattered nose sustained at the hands of the champion uh triple h last night look i might sound like a mark and i might sound like very naive but and i haven't analyzed the tape and maybe i'll look back but it looked like Roman Reigns was bleeding out of the center of his face, not his forehead. The video is actually, just having watched it, is pretty compelling. You mean so with, There's a fair argument there. On both sides? No. You mean there's a fair argument that it was, it was staged? Kind of. Yeah. But do you think they would have done a blood packet? If yes. People, the legality issues of, of blading? Are you nuts? There's no legal issues in blading. You just told me there was a policy against that. Yeah, but that's not, not a legal policy. Is it their own policy? It's or Vince's is it like thing. A yeah, yeah, yeah. FDA. It's, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a Vince thing. I just think that they lose so much credibility so quickly for using a blood packet. Oh, it's real poor. That, that that's a risk not worth taking. You know, you might as well not even have him bleed if you're going to use a blood packet. I really, yeah. I don't know. That picture that Reigns tweeted out looks pretty, pretty intense. With the nose cast on? I feel like that would be even weaker if that wasn't true. What's even more telling is there is no scar on his forehead, so he didn't blade. There you go. Well, you, you could Facetune that. You could use a couple apps to get Roman Reigns. Ain't you? you do, I, look, you don't know Roman Reigns. I know Roman Reigns. <laughs> I've spent time with Roman Reigns. He's not Facetuning. <laughs> That's Roman's not Facetuning. He's, He's using UCam. Roman's not even Facetiming. Okay, he's not going to Facetune. <laughs> His photo. That's not that's not a Roman Reigns thing. That's why I'm so passionate about Roman Reigns, because the type of guy who face tunes is the type of guy who goes out there and makes friends with people who put them in his finishing move. Roman Reigns is a badass Samoan dude. OK, he's a man's man. He's not face tuning. All right, anything. man. He does. One of the top apps on the dot com thing. Uh. Have a uh, and this is what I'm talking about. Here's the tweet Roman Reigns put out. He's got the cast on his nose, and Roman Reigns tweeted out first post surgery pick. Countdown to the ass whooping of H's life starts now. Yep, that's what we need to see. And I am telling you, yep, that we have many weeks. We have an entire month before WrestleMania. You can get people to cheer Roman Reigns. I promise you, when he was in the Shield, he was getting cheered. When he won the world title in Philly, he was getting cheered. You can. In Boston at TLC. He was getting cheered. And that's even more telling because in the beginning of the match in Boston, we were there. He got booed out of the building. By the end, he was getting cheered. 
You can get people to cheer for Roman Reigns. That's why I'm not so like, I don't get so fired up at like, oh, why does Vince say, well, you're going to like him. You're gonna... It's not that it's impossible to like Roman Reigns. It's using him properly. He's a tool. He's a means to an end. Not like a tool, like a fucking tool. <laughs> but like he is a device. Like you, you have to use it in the right way. Right? Jesus, we thought we had problems in high school. Yeah. You have to, you have to, Roman Reigns, the character, has to be utilized properly. Well, then quit screwing it up. Right. How many times does it have to happen over and over and over again? It's a broken record. And as an outsider's perspective. It's getting annoying. I believe, and I haven't talked to anybody with any inside information about this. I believe that Triple H knows the character and understands it. And that this story will at least temporarily... We can get people to care about Roman Reigns. I believe that can happen, and I believe it may. Should we start, like, a, a GoFundMe or something? I, we don't – just let Triple H do his thing. A Kickstarter campaign? Yeah. Indiegogo's so hot right now. It's so hot right now. Something, anything. Maybe um, he needs medical payments, surgery stuff. Maybe. I'm just saying. Maybe. Florida doesn't have the best doctors either. <laughs> let me be the first to tell you. Let's talk about the Hall of Fame. Yes. Because uh, uh, we've run down what happened on Raw. And uh, I know we were WWE heavy today, uh, but that's where the news is, baby. Yeah. Baby. Baby. Uh, what do you think of the Godfather going into the Hall of Fame? First, well, first initial gut reaction. <laughs> the whole hoe train thing came back to me, and I was like, could you imagine if that were brought back? The hoe train. The hoe train. Light up a fatty for this pimp daddy. In- <laughs> I just smoke weed and 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 arrange a business. I I I smoke weed oh, and get word. people to pay for prostitutes. And I was like looking at that when I had the alert come through on my phone, and I looked it up. I was started like going down the Google rabbit hole on, on the hoe train, and I know people were looking over my computer at work. <laughs> and I was like, like you Google search like hoe train, like just nothing good is going to come from that, right? But I mean, it's an interesting choice. I think it, I think it's a perfect choice. I think it works. Um, so now, how many do we have in this year too? That's it so far. I mean, you know, they'll they'll get announced every week. You know, and, and people, I kind of get annoyed at Hall of Fame time because people start going like, "Oh, we doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame," and but it's wrestling. Like, relax. I don't people, know. You gave a soliloquy about senior referee Earl Hebner being in the Hall of Fame for quite a long time. Who did? You did. When did I he say? He said he didn't deserve to be in, in any Hall of Fame of any sort. I did? Yeah, we went on about that one for a while. Why? Because he screwed Brett? Well, just because he shouldn't be in a TNA Hall of Fame when he's best known for, yeah, the screw right. job. Right, that's what I said. But whatever. That's a, that's... Well, the TNA Hall of Fame is absurd, but yeah. it doesn't make any sense. None of it does. Every, every person... You love the Hall of Fame, Sam. I love the WWE Hall of Fame. You do? Love it. I, I don't... I, okay. I get annoyed at people... Who who start criticizing whether or not somebody has a place. Now, I mean, there are a few people. You know, Coco Beware was an odd choice. High I mean, energy, man. I think Special Delivery Jones was, I think he's in it. That was odd. But um, The Godfather fits perfectly. And the only people that are mad about The Godfather are the people that didn't grow up at the right time. Because, you know, it is the WWE Hall of Fame. And The Godfather did a lot. The Godfather was a hugely popular character in the Attitude Era. Then you've got uh, Kama Mustafa, the Supreme Fighting Machine, Kama. You've got, and he stole the urn and melted it down into a necklace. Mm-hmm. You've got Papa Shango, my favorite character of all time. Top 20. Right. 
<laughs> Boy, you really cut it down there. Um, <laughs> um, That's terrifying. Yeah, so I think uh, I think the Godfather absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. The same way a hacksaw Jim Duggan deserves to be in. The same way the Bushwhackers deserve to be in. The same. There's lots of mid card talent that should be in the Hall of Fame. And the fact is, and we talked about this before. We talked about it with Daniel Bryan. There shouldn't be a whole list of headliners going in every year. It's the whole point of a headliner. It's a show. You're selling tickets to a Hall of Fame based on a sport with predetermined results. You should have a headliner going in. You should like 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 that the Hall of Fame class should be built like a match card. Like a, a, an mm, opener. Mm. Like a like an opener, something to bring the energy down because the because the energy just went up. Uh, a mid card, blah blah blah, and then your main event. Who inducts them? Who inducts the Godfather? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'd be it'd be cool to have like the Undertaker induct him because they're best friends. But I don't think that'll happen. What's the over under on a prepared speech? I hope. Well, you know what? Godfather was always fun when he talked. I, what's the over under that he'll say light up a fatty for this pimp daddy? Uh, uh, and say pimping ain't easy. No, I'm more interested in if they, if they go off cuff because that goes on for I mean, eons. I mean, I don't think the Godfather will go on for eons. To tell you the truth, he's not one. That that's more the like. I feel like the the old school Bruno Sammartino Hedges story. Right, Larry Zabisco's of the world. He's yeah. not quite there. Um, I don't know. That's a great question. Who would induct the Godfather? Um, you know, he had a lot of partners. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'll have to come back to you on that. You know, The Undertaker is a real choice, but uh, uh, I don't think that would ever happen. I'm sure people will yell at me on Twitter, and I'll just do on the YouTube show, um, (laughs) (laughs) who I think should induct uh, The Godfather. Uh, I would still hope and expect that the Freebirds go in this year in Dallas. It's about time. for that one. Right, right. Yeah, it's time. It's time. Um... And I don't know. I mean, there's a, there's a plethora of people who deserve to go in and who will go in. Again, I think uh, you have Sting this year, Daniel Bryan next year, Undertaker the year after. Um, but I'm happy with the Godfather choice. I think he's a I think he's a good choice. And 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 he's he's he was an impactful personality. And when you think back to the Attitude Era, he's one of those characters that universally people know. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even people that weren't huge wrestling fans know the Godfather. Because yes. it's, I mean, he had the hoe train. That's crazy. Crazy. You're going to give The Godfather more credit with the hoe train than Papa Shango? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would really? Say, I would I say would so. I thoroughly disagree with that. Yeah. I mean, Papa That was Sh- like fear of, uh, that was like childhood m- nightmares were made of that stuff. I know, but that's because you and I were children. Yeah. So were a whole a bunch of other people during uh, that time. But imagine being an adult and <laughs> being like, what am I watching here? Yeah, fair point. Fair point. I would say that Papa. Look, I loved Papa Shango. Uh, he's he's a favorite of mine because I was a kid, and I loved the how elaborate it was. I loved the promos. I loved the vignettes. I loved the costumes. I loved the Ultimate Warrior throwing up storyline. Very good. But that's because we were eight at the time. Puke. Yeah. He's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna puke. He's gonna <laughs> puke. Huh? What's that, Warrior? You need some coffee? Huh? You need a little coffee? No? Huh? Huh? Let's try not to get the desk messy, huh? Huh? Are you going to do it? Are we going to? He's going to. He's going to. He's going to puke. He's going to puke. He's going to. Love it. Um, so good. 
yeah, yeah, I would say that The Godfather was a much more successful. Although the only the, who I really think should go in the Hall of Fame, The Godfather from Right to Censor. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's, okay. That is where I think everyone has a right to their opinion. The Godfather really made an impact. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. All right, Lennon Dahl. Yeah. I think we covered uh, uh, most of what I wanted to cover. Of course, uh, anything we didn't cover or anything that happens between now and later this week will uh, be a part of the State of Wrestling bonus show I do for YouTube. It's very at... well done, Sam. Oh, thank you, Katie. And I love that your dog makes an appearance. Every now and then, Lila shows up. Um, Who's also known as? Brock Lesnar, because she breaks things in the house. <laughs> she just busts through doors like they're like a car door being thrown into the audience. Um, Yes. Uh, uh, so Lila's th- going to show up with two axi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did show up with two, two axi. Not one axe, but two axe. That makes it an axe-eye. Um, but that goes up on the YouTube channel, youtube.com uh, slash notsam, and everything's at notsam.com. Uh, Katie Linendahl, uh, everybody by now should be listening to your amazing tech podcast. You've got a, uh, it's not even, it's a tech and lifestyles podcast. That's good. you got some great interviews coming up. Uh, I, I am very, uh, uh, honored and privileged to be a part of some of the shows. Uh, I'm not even going to tell you who the guests are, yeah. but you're going to have fun listening to them. You can get the show at show. That's the URL, or just by going to uh, Katie dot Katie. No, I'm sorry. Katie.show is the URL. That's correct. show URL or type in show into iTunes. You can find it there. Also, Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast t-shirts, high quality, locally printed for real, for real. Available at NotSam.com. I really want to commend you on the quality of those. Thank you. I, I know you're a stickler. I wore for, one. You did. That, well, I wore two for about eight days straight because I ran <laughs> out of clothes when I was in L.A. Uh-huh. It was fantastic. And they're done with two separate kinds of inks because I got inspired. I got artistic. I was really surprised by you really going out on a limb on this one. I did. So, so I was inspired. So the red logo T-shirt I call Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast Gym Uniform T-shirt mm-hmm. because it reminds me. Because you go to the gym all the time. I know. I know what people wear to the gym, and this is exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of like an old school, middle school gym uniform T-shirt that you wash a bunch of times. It gets super comfortable. And as you get older, you wish you had your old gym uniform T-shirt. Like it's a soft cotton. It's like it's all it's printed old school style in in, in ink and blah blah blah. The uh, boo the bad guys, and it's only fifteen bucks. The boo the bad guys premium T-shirt has the whole boo the bad guys design on it, and it's a different type of ink. And I don't know if you've washed it yet, Katie. Is it like a hyper color where you sweat and it, it changes different? It's things? not a hyper color, but as you wash it, the ink dies into the fabric. So it's not like on top of the fabric and it cracks. It actually becomes like a part of the shirt. It's amazing. So the ink stays soft. Let me tell you something. If I put that, I got a load in the washer right now. Oh, that yeah. leaks out on any of my clothes. No, 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 no. It goes past grass. It, that, that, that doesn't work like that. That's not at all how it works. It doesn't come I'm not off. Following you on the science, this is pretty incredible. Though. It go. It goes into the shirt. In it doesn't come off. Do you see how I automatically assumed that you did something cheap that would like bleed no, through? No, 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 you no, went no. the extra mile on these. It's on premium. These. Premium. Premium. So you can get the two shirts right now at notsam.com. Uh, Katie Linendahl, thank you for being here. Jackie. And we'll see you uh, We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.